The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rising to the Occasion. Uh, this is Rising in the Morning now, and uh, we are getting ready to talk about Blake's favorite conference. We're going to talk about the SEC, one of the best conferences in the land, if not the best. It's hard to debate that. We're going to have to dive into Alabama, their their quarterback situation. We're going to have to talk about Tennessee and, and what they have returning and much more today on Rising to the Occasion. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Rising to the Occasion. This is another, uh, I guess I said rising in the morning, but I guess we're not there yet because we haven't quite gotten to college football season. we got another another week to go, which means this is our last preview. We have the last opportunity for us to preview before the season starts. So we're diving into the SEC, the Southeastern Conference, where we know that this is this is the conference that's going to bring us uh, your national championship uh, contenders, your uh, your big time teams, where you're looking at at the end of the season, thinking who's who's going to win this conference because that's most likely who's going to go there and make the most fuss in the college football playoff. And let's remember too, guys, that this is the last season for a uh, four team playoff too. This is something that we're we're going to have to kind of remind ourselves. This is the last season for that, and. Uh, the SEC knows that. The SEC realizes that this is the, the, the last little hoorah for the, the top four dogs, and now it's it's going to kind of get a little bit easier to make it into the college football playoff. Maybe a little bit more chaos and a little bit more uh, uh, just with total parity and stuff like that too. But uh, anyways, before we get into it, guys, let's go ahead and uh, first remind everybody to hit that subscribe button. Uh, you can always jump down below and, and hit that subscribe button. Help us out. Help us keep on growing. Like I said last episode, I think uh, we're trying to hit that 5,000 mark before college football season. We got pretty close, uh, and I'm not really sure what our numbers are sitting at right now, but if we're already at 5,000, go ahead and push up to, push us up to 10,000. Uh, we're going to keep on keep on climbing, keep on uh, reaching for the stars, but we've been growing a lot, and we have you guys to thanks. And you can go ahead and follow us on social media, too. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff. So go check us out. And, of course, like we've been mentioning as well, we also have a Patreon page now for everyone who wants to be a supporter. If you want to support us financially and help us keep on growing that way, you can join us on Patreon. We've got three different three different levels, and you can start off as, as low as, I believe, $1 a month. Uh, so just a little bit of a, a kick over just to say, hey, uh, I want to I want to see some extra content. I want to help you guys out just a little bit, but this is about all I can I can give. Whatever the case may be, just go over there and jump on there on that Patreon. Help us out, guys. Um, but anyways, let me bring in my two co-hosts for the day. I've got Blake Lane from Mobile, Alabama. Blake, how you doing, man? What is up, fellas? Uh, getting to talk about the greatest conference in America today. You love to see it. Um, I'm excited to be here uh, and, and ready to talk. Uh, about this uh, about this great conference it's, it's going to be super competitive like it always is uh, you know LSU Tennessee Georgia Bama 
Uh, I mean, you're just looking at South Carolina on the come up, man. Kentucky, you hear a lot of noise about them. Can Jimbo Fisher bounce back at Texas A&M? Arkansas, you're hearing a lot of buzz about Arkansas. So uh, the, the, this is going to be a, a great year for the SEC, uh, like it always is. And, and I 100% believe that your national champion will come from this conference once again. So I'm, I'm ready to talk about it. Yeah, looking through the slate, it's hard to it's hard to say that it's not going to be maybe a three-peat from Georgia or, uh, you know, Alabama is always going to be in the talks with Nick Saban at the helm. Uh, and, and then, of course, you even have Tennessee. What are they going to bounce back with this year? We've got we got a lot to talk about. Uh, but, Jeremy, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good. Got some Oliver's roast coffee next to me, re-energizing me, giving me awake. Then going to the topics today, I know obviously we're all concerned like what Alabama's going to do now, not obviously having Bryce Young at the helm. And even like you guys have said, what can LSU do for the upcoming season? And can Tennessee possibly even do a run back? But I'm going to cut the chit-chat and let's get rolling. Yeah, let's get to it, guys, because we have a lot to get to. But before we do, I want to first uh, mention uh, our first sponsor for today, and that is Brothrow. Brothrow is an amazing way for you to bet on any game. Uh, so go check them out. Brothrow is awesome. It is something. It's my favorite way to bet, guys. Uh, and the greatest thing is it's totally free to sign up. All you have to do is go down below uh, in the link down in the description if it's if it's there. Uh, I believe I have it down there in the in the description. Uh, you can click on that or just go to bet.brothrow.com slash rising2. So that's bet.brothrow.com slash r-i-s-i-n-g-t-o. That is really the only way to sign up is by invitation right now. So go check out that link down below. It's an amazing place to bet. And the reason why it's my favorite is because it's not a sports book, which means it's available in every state. And uh, the, the, another thing about it is, uh, again, if it's, it's free. If I didn't already mention that, I'm going to mention it again. It's free to sign up. And you're not betting against Vegas because it's not a sports book. You're betting against other sports bettors. So it's not a sports book. It's a sports betting community where you bet against other real people who are, are betting directly against you. So you pay each other out directly, which means that you don't have any extra fees or anything like that. You're just paying directly from one one person to another. Uh, so it's basically like jumping on there and betting with your friends. Uh, so it, that's, that's, that's the amazing thing about it. By clicking on that link down below as well, you can sign up for our private group where we have all kinds of things planned for you guys throughout the season. Uh, I know I mentioned this before, but you, we're going to have it set up where when we talk about our five games of the week, uh, each Saturday morning, we are going to have a bet on each of those five games placed in Brothrow in that private group for you guys. Uh, and it's only going to be in that private group. So you can go over there and make a bet against us. If you don't like our pick, you can you can place that little wager. It's just going to be little $5 wagers. Uh, that way you guys can bet directly against us on Brothrow. So go check them out, brothrow.com slash rising2. Again, it's not a sports book. It is a sports betting community. And it is my favorite way to bet on any kind of game. Uh, we've used that ever since we partnered up with with Brothrow, and it's been a lot of fun and a, and a really a really great way to go over and make a little bit of extra cash as well. But guys, let's jump into the SEC. We got uh, Kevin Wilson over in the chat too. He's kind of wondering uh, who we think is going to win. He says which SEC SEC team W, which one's going to have that win. Uh, we're going to kind of get into that. We got a lot to talk about with the SEC, so I don't want to uh, jump too far ahead of ourselves and and get talking about 
who the ultimate winner is going to be. But first, let's start off with Alabama and talk about it because, like you said, Jeremy, with Alabama not having Bryce Bryce Young there at the quarterback position, it's been causing a lot of controversy, a lot of questions for uh, for Alabama as a whole, which is the first time that I can remember in, in a Nick Saban era that we've really had this kind of a, a question at quarterback. Um, we've always had the times where, you know, one quarterback leaves and, and who's going to step up into the next place. I feel like that happens a lot at Alabama, but never to the point with, with that we get this far and we're looking at three different quarterbacks and still not sure who's actually going to get the all of the the uh, uh, the, the playtime, who's going to get that starting position. Uh, it's it's kind of surprising to look at it this way. But, uh, Blake, how how's Alabama going to look without Bryce Young this year? And, again, with, between three quarterbacks right now, really. Whew, uh, how do you replace a Bryce Young? Uh, you can't, right? The dude was one of the best. Uh, I, th- I think talent-wise, looking at Bryce Young, I think he was – in my opinion, the greatest quarterback to ever play at the University of Alabama. Um, Jalen Milrow, uh, Ty Simpson, uh, I think they're in, a, they're in a heated battle right now. But at, when it comes to the first game, at the end of the day, uh, I like Jalen Milrow to take that first snap. Now, I'm not saying he wins the job or anything like that. I just like him to take the first snap. He has had... Uh, the experience he played last year against Arkansas on the road had to come in when Bryce hurt the shoulder, uh, and then uh, he had to he had to play that night against Texas A&M at Bryant Denny Stadium. So um, he he has the experience. He's played in the big games. Uh, would I just got to see him? He's got to throw the ball a little better for me, man. But. Tommy Reese could help that, the the offensive coordinator coming from Notre Dame uh, down to help Nick Saban. So I know they're going to try to change this offense up a little bit, you know, going from a Lane Kiffin style to a a, a, a Steve Sarkeesian style and then to a Bill O'Brien where it was just kind of more of like, you know, hey, we're going to air it out a little bit. We're going to throw this thing around the yard. I think Tommy Reese is going to come back in, and and he's going to reel it back in a little bit, and you're going to go more to like a pro-style offense where they kind of – I think they're going to reel it back in, and they're going to start running the football a little bit more uh, because my opinion, I think Alabama got away from their bread and butter, and that is why you haven't seen them – well, I can't sit here and say you, you haven't seen them in the playoffs last year, but, I mean, you didn't. But uh, they've only lost like five games over the past three years by 12 points. So, you know, it, it's hard to it's hard to really say that they lost their step. But, you know, last year their O-line wasn't great. Bryce was under duress. It's same way in, in 21 uh, it was it was a struggle in the national championship game against Georgia, uh, but I, I think Tommy Reese is going to come in simplify things. I think Alabama is going to run the football a lot more. I think they're going to work off a of play action a lot more. Uh, I think they're going to get uh, th- their tight end super involved, kind of like they did uh, with Latu last year. But man, I think this Alabama defense is going to carry them majority of the season. Uh, their defense, like their secondary, is absolutely freaking loaded. Uh, Kool Aid McKinstry will be a top ten pick. 
uh, you know, how do you replace a, a Will Anderson up front? But uh, you got a guy like Malachi Moore back there in the secondary. Like, I mean, that they had the uh, they had the I think his name's like Trey Amos. Uh, he transferred in. Um, he was a highly touted guy in the portal. Uh, they're they're still even with losing Will Anderson, they're still going to be loaded up front. Um, so for me to sit here and say uh, Alabama's going to go nine and three, uh, that's absolutely uh, insanity. Could it happen? Yes, but will it happen? I highly doubt it. Um, just don't ever bet against Nick Saban because I think you might get. Uh, proven wrong so yeah um another 10 win season did you, probably so. did, did you did you already say that stat too maybe i missed it uh where it's been like 18 18 years since nick saban's had less than 10 10 yeah wins. yeah yeah i didn't say that but um i i know that like what 2007 was the last time they didn't win 10 games yeah yeah and that's that's absolutely insane to think about you know and just just knowing that He's gone this long with this much success. But, I mean, looking at it, so apparently, you know, Jalen Melrose expected to get the start, I think, right away. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think he, he's probably going to be the guy to win it. Uh, you just you just kind of have that feeling just because he was he was the backup last year for, uh, for Bryce Young and looking at it. So you kind of expect him to step into that role. Um, but then, of course, they bring in Tyler Buckner. Uh, I, I don't know why they would have brought him in because uh, I don't really see that a whole lot of talent, but uh, I just feel like that's a Tommy Reese kind of pickup trying to yeah. pick him over. Uh, but right now you're only, you're, you're only seeing Tyler Buckner <clears throat> take a few snaps with the ones uh, and mostly all with the twos. Uh, so you're not really seeing him get that, that starting, that starting uh, treatment. Um, but apparently right now, yeah, like, I know you brought up Ty Simpson. Apparently he's also in the battle, and it kind of seems like he's getting a little bit more love than Tyler Buckner right now, and you could possibly see him step in if things don't go right with one quarterback or the other. Uh, so, I mean, just just looking at it right now, Jeremy, like I said, this is probably the most question, most of a, 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 the, the most question mark we've had. Uh, I don't know if that's proper English, but the, the, the biggest question mark we've had for, for Alabama – on the quarterback side in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you usually come into the the college football season knowing, like, for each team for Alabama, okay, this is your starting QB week one. You go into whatever other team, and you know that they're going to be starting QB. But it's really absurd to not know who's going to be QB one for Alabama. And obviously, if it was, like, a little team, most people really wouldn't care. But we're talking about Alabama here easily if not one of the top programs in the sport and i know like blake said he said the best i think they're going to rely a lot in their backfield this upcoming year i know obviously with losing um jammer gibbs going to the nfl like i know they got they still have jace mc uh, i can never say if i'm if i'm saying it wrong yeah, I can never say names really good. That even having Williams back for both of them being a senior this year for upcoming season, I know that'll be key to their running game, of course. Then, Still, in my opinion, Alabama is still going to be a phenomenal football team, and it still seems weird just to even talk about them not getting a 10-win and 
a 10-win season. It's like you said, it's been so long since we've talked about Alabama not having the normal seasons like they usually do. And it it's mind-boggling to a lot of people. I know there's so many fans just expecting Alabama to run the table and just completely tromp over every comp- opponent that they face each week but with this upcoming season it's definitely going to be a complete turn of the table just because obviously not knowing who your starting QB is going to be going into week one but I know when you mentioned there are two quarterbacks that they're trying to battle for one was a five-star recruit then the other one he he got some playing time yes which is great just to maybe get the potential earnings to get the starting job but at at the end of the day you just got to keep grinding and just prove to Prove to Nick Saban who you want to be as a starting QB. Yeah, yeah, and looking looking at the the quarterbacks that we've got too. So, uh, really, I mean, I, I, we we know what Jalen Milrow did last year. He was mainly just a, a, a running back lined up back. At, at quarterback position. He didn't really do a whole yeah. lot. But looking at the other two guys that they've they've got right now. So looking at Ty Simpson last year, we we saw him get a little bit of garbage time. Uh, so he was able to kind of step yeah. in. You saw him. With the little bit of time that he did have, uh, four for five, which is an eighty percent completion percentage, uh, for thirty-five yards. So you you haven't seen enough film on him uh, to really know what to expect out of him yet. So I think that's that's yeah. one guy kind of looking at Ty Simpson and, and saying that like, the the dude is just too young uh, and too fresh. Whereas for Tyler Buckner, we saw him at Notre Dame and uh, seeing what he could do a little bit. Uh, of course, he was he was injured a lot last year, and so he didn't get to play a whole lot. And but e- even at that, with 83 attempts, going 55 uh, percent, and put up 651 yards, but his touchdown to interception ratio is what what concerns me, and I, what, the reason why I don't think he's going to really get that that starter uh, treatment, is, and because he he threw three touchdowns, but he had five interceptions last year, so just oh. not 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 good overall. And uh, so looking at looking at, at, at the paper and seeing what he gives us uh that that's the main reason why I, I just didn't think he was really gonna be able to do a whole lot in that quarterback room this year uh maybe they have certain situations where they they you know certain scenarios that they want to throw him into maybe they just want him to kind of help help with the quarterback room and maybe uh maybe he's a good coach kind of like what tommy reese is or something i don't know uh I, it, it was it was just such a weird a weird grab to me, and I think a lot of people are probably thinking the same thing. Uh, just looking at at why you would bring Tyler Buckner in, but uh, I mean, Blake, do you, do you do you see what Alabama saw in him, or is it like what I said earlier, just simply a Tommy Reese going after a, a fellow Notre Dame, Notre Dame uh, quarterback? Yeah, so I have some Alabama buddies who um, kind of were wondering the same thing, right, and. Uh, what they were kind of hearing is is just uh, he wanted to follow Tommy Reese because they were so close, and he wanted to come in and kind of help teach this offense. And Tyler Buckner wants to become a coach after he plays. So I think he kind of wanted to start that process a little early. Uh, and, you know, if you do fall down a, a quarterback, you know, you have a quarterback go down and then, you know, a Ty Simpson gets in or, or whatever, however the rotation goes, and he goes down, you still got Tyler Buckner back there to depend on. So, uh, you know, I, I think it was a, a good pickup. I don't think he's going to, you know, get any play in time this year unless injury happens. But uh, one thing I will tell you guys, 
I think Jalen Monroe, like I said, I think he gets the first snap. But I think Ty Simpson eventually wins this job as the starting quarterback for the University of Alabama. Now, if you are worried about Nick Saban winning uh, with a with a first year guy, I'll point out to you Greg McElroy. All right, two thousand and nine. Okay, um, you can look at bringing two in true freshman twenty seventeen national championship game at halftime. Bang. Uh, and then you got Mac Jones, all right? They won with Mac Jones in 2020, the, the Mickey Mouse COVID season. Um, he was brand new. I mean, but Bryce Young took him to the to the college football national championship game, uh, and, and it was his first year starting in the main role. So, I mean, everybody's, like, panicking about this, this quarterback spot for Alabama, but um, – Saban has proven that he can win with first-year guys. So, uh, t- 10 wins, don't bet against it. Uh, I think Alabama's going to be there competing like they always are. Do you think that with 10 wins this year for Alabama, too, that that still gets them to win the West, uh, that, that, that it could win, win the West? Mm. It's on the fence with it. Uh because ideally, I know we, we're all high. We've talked about LSU. Ideally, we think that LSU is probably going to win the West. But is there still a possibility with 10 wins that LSU doesn't have the season we expect them to have? And Yeah. Um, there's that possibility. Um, well, and, and you got to think, too, I guess. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what Alabama's. Let me try to pull that up. I'm not sure what their, their, their uh, non-conference schedule usually is isn't anything to write home about. They play Texas week two. Uh, That's true. Yeah, they do have Texas at home. Uh, Let's see. So they've got South Florida, Texas, Middle Tennessee, and Chattanooga. So I'm not seeing any any losses other than a possible Texas loss. So, I mean, if you take take Texas and then you're talking, what, just one more – one more loss somewhere in the in the SEC, yeah. To make it a ten win ten win season, still make it to the. I, I think that's possible now. Looking at it, cause, oh, yeah. I mean, for, I forgot that they they play Texas week two. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean that, that definitely could be one of those one of those uh, you know a, a ten win team still makes it on the West because I mean, we saw that with with LSU last year. Uh, so, mm-hmm. just looking at, it, I mean, it's it's crazy to think that that you know we're we're talking about. Alabama being in a down year, and uh, we're still expecting them to get hit their 10, 10 win mark, uh, yeah, know, and and possibly still make it to the SEC championship game. It's nuts. But a little shout out to Dustin, uh, your your boy Dustin Smith over here uh, from the Rising uh, for the uh, Up Tempo podcast over there with Blake. He says Alabama's about to run through the SEC, and I hate it, uh, Dustin. I feel you, man. Like it, it sucks to see those teams like that just always on top, but. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think they're just going to have an easy path through the SEC. Like I said, I could I could see on their schedule they they, they face they face some tough teams, and uh, you know there's there's definitely somewhere in there where I think they could have have a hiccup. But uh, we'll, we'll see because, like I said, we're going to get to LSU, but that's the team that I think we've all picked to kind of come out of the West, uh, kind of starting off before we look at at the the entire season and kind of what's at hand. But let's jump over to Tennessee, guys, because we saw what Tennessee did last year. They were they were a great team last year, and they did a lot of great things. I mean, you, you saw how they were able to fight and, and stay in it tight in a tight game against Alabama and, and end up walking away with the win there. 
they're they're going to have to kind of piece a little bit more uh, this year with whenever they face Alabama because they're going to have to play at Alabama this year. They're not going to have that home field environment to kind of lean back on, and uh, they're they're not going to going to have. You know, we have to look over at, at Tennessee and see that they're they're, they're not going to have Hendon Hooker, they're not going to have Jalen Hyatt. Uh, so th- those are two big guys that they're losing on offense. And let's be let's be totally honest with who Tennessee is and what their identity is. Their identity is through their offense. I think their offense kind of runs the game, and that's just a Josh Heupel thing. And one thing that we we've seen though is that you know when when Josh Heupel first came into the SEC. I think a lot of people, and I, I would have, I would have agreed with them, is that you can't bring a guy like Josh Heupel into the SEC and expect to run through your offense. But what we've seen with Josh Heupel is that he's doing it the right way. He's running through his offense in a way that sets his defense up for good, good positions, uh, and and it, it's it worked really well last year. And they almost had a, had a really good shot at making it last year. Of course. Uh, you know, losing to Georgia kind of hurt a little bit. That was basically the decider for him to not make it to the the SEC championship game. But then even later on in the season, uh, losing. Uh, let's see, who did they lose to there at, at the end of South Carolina, right? Uh, so you know, just kind of bringing them down the stretch, uh, not being able to pull it out in in that one. So just looking at what Tennessee was able to do, even though they had a couple uh, of games that were just letdowns there towards the end of the season. Uh, they were able to put piece together a really good team, a really good uh, season for them. But like I said, missing two of your key factors from last season, you jump over uh, to, to this year. Uh, Blake, do we think that Tennessee can run it back the way that they did last year? Absolutely. Um, look, the, the, Josh Eiffel's going to – he's going to pump out receivers, okay? So, like, you still got Brew McCoy and Squirrel White uh in that in that receiving rotation so you're going to be fine at receiver don't worry about that uh i know everybody is freaking out over hendon hooker uh but look you got joe milton the gunslinger the kid that can throw at 90 yards uh the absolute rocket launcher the man the myth the transfer from michigan in his senior season joe freaking milton man it's his season if you get anything uh like you did in the orange bowl last year against clemson he tore him up um i I just i want to see him throw like like me and jake crane were talking about on on the uptempo pod my show uh jake was kind of talking about him throwing the change up you know uh can he we know he can throw the deep ball but can he throw the change up can he throw the check down the the short crossers and everything like can he be accurate enough uh, like Hendon Hooker was to get the job done. Uh, I, I really, really like Joe Milton this year. I think he has a breakout season uh, for Tennessee. Uh, and uh, there was a report the other day that Josh Heupel said he hasn't even thrown a pick in fall camp. Like, he hasn't threw one ball uh, that w- that was even really contested to be a pick. So, uh, one thing I want to see out of this Tennessee team and I do think they can run it back like they did last year. I do think they can play in a New Year's Six bowl game. I do think they could possibly make the college football playoff. All right, but I want to see this defense improve. You improve from 2021 to 2022. All right, now I got to see you take that next step from 2022 to 2023, and it starts in your secondary. All right, you can't have you can't have lapses like you did uh, against South Carolina last year. And uh, if you get that secondary that played against Clemson, now we're cooking. Okay, that was a that was a lockdown defense that night. All right, so 
That is my biggest concern. I'm more concerned about what this secondary is going to look like more than I am about Joe Milton. I know everybody and all the eyes are pointing at Joe Milton. I want to see how good this secondary is for Tennessee. That's my biggest concern. You got Georgia coming to Neyland Stadium this year. You don't have to go to Georgia. Tennessee can get it done. Now, you do have to go to Bryant-Denny, but you showed everybody last year that you can beat Alabama and – we all know it doesn't really matter where you play that game. There's going to be there's going to be a damn good football game that goes down uh, in that heated rivalry. Oh yeah. So yeah, I, I do think Tennessee can run it back. I do think Tennessee can win ten ball games. Yeah, yeah. And I, I I like Tennessee a lot too, and I think I think that they they could still come through and 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 do what they did last year just based on like what you said. You know, just looking at uh, I I don't like all of the Joe Milton hate. Uh, this is his sixth his sixth year in college football because of COVID, you know, and so getting that extra that extra season, I, I think it helps guys like him, and I think this is going to be a huge push for him. Like you said, looking at what he did over in that bowl game, I think that's kind of a preview of of what he's he's kind of got at hand, and and looking at at kind of what he was able to do. So uh, for for Joe Milton, I'm I'm right on the on the same boat with you. I'm not too worried about him because looking at just his overall, uh, you know, his his overall completion percentage, uh, and the fact that last year, uh, let's see, I, I wanted to pull this up just to make sure I didn't get it right. So last year he threw uh, ten touchdowns. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you know? Do you guys know how many interceptions he threw in those ten touchdowns and out of eighty-two attempts? Let's let's say one. Jeremy, Two. I give a goose egg. It was a big old goose egg. No Look. interceptions throughout the entire season last year. And, yeah, I know he's not getting the starter reps, but this dude still had to step in at crunch, in crunch time uh, last year. And, 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 you know, he came out uh, there a little bit in South Carolina, not a whole lot there, but then he, he had to go and play, uh, I believe it was Vanderbilt and then uh, Clemson in that bowl game. Clemson. And let, let's not forget who Clemson is. Clemson is a defensive team. And so let's not pretend like it was just so easy to go and, and throw the rock around on a on on just little old Clemson. No, this was this was a Dabo Sweeney led Clemson that he threw the rock around and and had a phenomenal game with with almost a seventy percent completion percentage, three touchdowns, uh, and you know and and some big big time plays. So I, I'm right there with you, Blake. I don't I don't like the the disrespect that I think Joe Milton's kind of gotten from some people in the offseason, I, I have total faith in him. I think he's going to shine. I think I think that not only do I have faith in him, but I have faith in Josh Heupel and what he's able to do there at Tennessee uh, just hmm. just overall. But, uh, Jeremy, I mean, we, we know that Tennessee had a little bit of, of drama going on. We talked about them and some of the, some of the, uh, the punishments that they got for, for the previous coach uh, and, and what went on there. But uh, it, even though that doesn't really affect them a whole lot this year and, and we look at it and it, it just kind of affects them a little bit over time. And we, we talked about that situation there. I mean, does, does that drama get to Tennessee? Do you think that, that Tennessee is, is going to be kind of weighed down from anything like that, uh, you know, going into this season? Or are they, are, are they going to come out and bouncing back and coming out full force the way that we saw them last year? 
They'll be coming up, bouncing back full force last year. They can all the people can do what they want to hate on Tennessee, but that's just gonna that's just gonna feed off those players and make them want to play stronger and faster and just be more determined to get to the game. Like looking at Tennessee for this upcoming season, they're definitely gonna be a powerhouse team to face with. I know, like you guys have said, losing key players like Hooker and Hyatt. Then looking at the backfield, like they still have strong. They have top three rushers are coming back, obviously having Jabri Small, Jalen Wright, then Dylan Sampson coming back this year. I know they got plenty of running game to get go through. They got plenty of people to get through. But, Blake, you said it the best. Their secondary definitely does need a lot of work. That was the one. That's the only <laughs> thing I could really take off about Tennessee just because there was a couple games that I've watched last year and just seeing them completely – blow coverage or just completely misread something and just make yourself look like a mockery a little bit. But outside of that, looking at Tennessee, they're definitely going to be an absolutely strong team. And looking at this, I can easily see them being in a bowl game, obviously. Then they definitely do have the potential to get it to to the championship, in my honest opinion, just because not only do I still have to sing Rocky Top Tennessee opening week, but um, I I know – I was hoping maybe I'll forget about that, but if you did, there you go. I remind you a little bit. Um, they're definitely going to be a team to reckon with. Tennessee's always been that way, and this is just going to feed their energy and just get them to go even more. Yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. And we'll we'll make sure to we'll make sure to to remind you a little bit more too. We we haven't forgot. Uh, you'll have to you'll have to. I mean, Blake's taking it away before we get started. But uh, yeah, I mean, looking over there, we're, we're, we're definitely at the real week one. But guys, I, I wanted to bring this up. I mean. How many underclassmen do you think that Tennessee has on defense this year on on their starting lineup and their depth chart currently? So I'm talking maybe freshmen or, or uh, freshmen or uh, sophomores. How many do, do they have this year for this year? Yeah, so I mean, right now, right now listed on their depth chart. Do you guys know how many freshmen or sophomore they have listed on their starting lineup on defense? I do not. Probably uh, probably not many, I guess. Yeah, it's not many at all. I'm saying three. Three? Three, three freshmen or, or sophomores. So uh, I've actually got to pull it up in front of me. Right now I'm looking through. They have one junior uh, in Bryson Eason, and that is the lowest that they go. Other than that, it's all seniors. You've got seniors. You've got uh, senior transfers. Uh, they, they bring in uh, – I'm, I'm not sure how to say his name, Keenan Pillai. Uh, Pili, Pili, I don't know, but uh, uh, somebody can try to correct me on that one. But they, you know, other than that, every, everyone's returning to the team. Everyone's everyone's back, and I think that says a lot about Josh Heupel being able to to get his his guys together. I don't I don't think they were good last year by any means. Uh, they had a lot of, a lot of work to do, but looking at that yeah. and seeing that this is basically a, a completely a complete defense made up of seniors. What that shows to me is that you've got a bunch of dudes that are that are trying to come back and make things make things right and try to bounce back from what they had last year. And so I think that's a good sign seeing all of these seniors line up on defense, all of these guys who are experienced. Um, but can they put enough experience of that experience together to show up? Because they they didn't do it last year. Last year they were they were terrible when it came to. Uh, any any kind of passing defense, uh, and so they they definitely have to improve a lot. But it's it's at least a, a good thing to look over and see that you've got all of these these older veteran guys uh, who are 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 trying to come back and and, and win something for you. Uh, so that's definitely a good sign to see over there. 
But kind of going through their schedule, so they start off, uh, they, they have Virginia, uh, and then they, they have Austin P, uh, which, whatever, uh, that's a cupcake game. You, yeah, 2-0. and They've got mm-hmm. Florida. There's 3-0. and They've got UTSA. That that might give them fits. UTSA is, is an I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make, no. my, make my prediction in, that, what was that? In Neyland? In, in Neyland. I'm They're going to beat them 50. Well, th- th- I'm gonna make a prediction <laughs> right now. Uh, now this is this is without seeing what actually ends up going together. But I've I've been hearing a lot of talk about UTSA uh, and and just what they've been been piecing together. I'm gonna make a make a, a prediction right now that this is a game to watch that buttered. Tennessee Tennessee has struggles against. But, and you know I, I I still think they're gonna come out and win and probably by double digits. Uh, that's that's a possibility. But I think it's gonna be a first half or even three quarters of struggle. Uh, and just, just don't sleep on, on little teams all the time because sometimes those little teams are a little better than what you expect. But then they go over to uh, – they've got South Carolina. It looks like they've got a lot of home games this year, guys. Um, then they've really? got Texas A&M and then at Alabama, at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And then they've mm-hmm. got UConn. That's a tough stretch. Yeah, that is. That is a very tough stretch. You, you know, once you get into that, that – constant sec play having south carolina texas a&m at alabama at kentucky um but then then you have yukon missouri uh which don't sleep on missouri that's another team that you know that they'll, they'll give you fits they are tough enough to give you fits and then you have georgia at home this year uh and then vanderbilt at home so uh o- overall i mean I, I don't know if you guys were keeping track what, what are you guys looking for for kind of your your mark for tennessee this year I think I think this team could. I think I think they could go to the college football playoffs, man. I really do. Like I think they could. Uh, I think they could play in the SEC title game. Uh, I know everybody's kind of handing the crown to Georgia, but uh, you get Georgia in Neyland Stadium, and that atmosphere is electric. And let me tell you something: if you haven't been to Neyland Stadium as a college football fan, you got to go. It is a bucket list trip. It is insane. It is a, a just atmosphere that you will never forget. A hundred plus thousand people. And when they sing Rocky Top, it is uh it is incredible. Now I think they sing it a little too much, uh, because like they'll they'll hit it after they get a big first down and I'm like, all right, that's enough, you know. Uh but I think this team could could make the college football playoff. I, I think uh, if the defense makes another stride like it did from 21 to 22, uh, and you know you mentioned with all the all the returning starters and everything, if your offensive line uh, gives Joe Milton time to throw the football, and uh, we know how good they could run the football last year, I, I think they could really push Georgia in the East. Josh, um, I just don't think it's a, I don't think it's automatically given to Georgia that they're the SEC East champions like everybody's expecting them to be. No, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, and I mean, looking through it right now, too, I feel like I can give them comfortably. I feel like I can give them ten wins, uh, which again, that's that's enough to make it. You know, that's that's enough to make it at least to the SEC championship game. Uh, but you know, like like you said, I think Georgia uh, is definitely one of them. I think you have to. I think looking at Georgia and Alabama, uh, th- those are the, those are the two games that I can't really give them. I, I think you could possibly throw in Texas A&M, and, and really any of these teams are kind of kind of toss-ups. I think Texas A&M is going to be better this year, um, but overall, those are the those are the two games that I have a hard time 
seeing the outcome of and, and outside of that I feel like I can give them the win I want to I want to throw this in here at Alabama then at Kentucky right yeah that's tough okay all right that that's that's tough because like if you go into Bryant Denny and you beat Alabama, you're going to be on such another high, right? Like we saw what kind of high they were on last year, all right. But then if you get them at Bryant Denny, if you beat them at Bryant Denny, come on now, like like this is going to be a different high. Like yeah, it was fun beating them at Neyland last year, but if you go in uh, to to the to the business arena because that's all it is up there, it's a hundred plus thousand people, but it's like a business meeting, you know, it's like a I don't know, it's just weird, you know. I, I don't I don't get down with Bryant in the stadium, but uh you know, it, it, this rivalry is heated, man, and and so if you beat them you're going to be on such an emotional high. Watch out going to Kroger, all right? Cuz you can go up there to old Kroger Field and you can get knocked off by the by them Wildcats because apparently there's a lot of good things coming out of that camp up there and uh, and they they expect Kentucky to have a great year this year. So, uh that little two game stretch right there, uh I think that could get really tricky for Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, looking at it, I think I think Kentucky's always kind of at least ever since Mark Stoops has taken over, I feel like they've they've always been one of those teams to kind of watch out for. I think they've they've they're, they've Definitely. got a really tough defense uh, and then if they can get playmakers on offense the way that they they had uh was uh who was it a couple seasons ago the old Uh, nebraska nebraska transfer over there you talking about kentucky yeah um they had the uh what are you talking about running back or wide receiver Uh, they they had their their fast wide receiver that they they flung all over basically used him like debo debo samuel out there uh I don't know. Why. Um, I, I was I was always drawing a, a blank on his name last year too, but kind of talking about about him. Uh, but Britton always corrected me because he he's he's the Nebraska boy. He came came transferred over from Nebraska. But you know if if they can get their 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 quick little uh, you know playmakers on offense, their offense can be rolling too. And as long as they have that, they 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 have the defense to compete. And I don't think that's going to be a question. I think Kentucky has been really good at piecing together a tough defense. Uh, really ever since like I said ever since Mark Stoops came over but guys let's jump over uh, to LSU um, because I feel like we've been talking about LSU is probably beating a dead horse by now we've all talked about it but hey we might have some people that are watching for the first time and haven't heard us already talk about LSU Um, but Jeremy how dominant can LSU be this year overall as a whole just looking at at the team what they've had what they have coming back and everything how, how dominant can they be what what is their ceiling their ceiling is going to be a mile high for this expectation i know obviously with brian kelly coming in and having an unbelievable starter for his season getting right from the get-go now looking at it i know lsu relies a lot of their valuable experience off of their true freshmen then like looking at some of them i can't list off any names on why i'm drawing a blank but like during the national spring day, they were really, really top prospects. And from what they were talking about, there's so much potential that LSU can bring into the table for um, bringing into this upcoming season. You know, um, if I, I remember one was adding Perkins to the to a class that already reeled in Walker Howard, Will Campbell, Emory Jones. Like I, the list can just keep going on and on and on. But like I know. 
LSU is just one of those teams to where a lot of people kind of forget about LSU with even you show how strong and dominant that they are. But LSU has always just been a phenomenal football team. Look at their history from obviously whether it's Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. And I mean, the list, like I said, can just keep going on and on and on. But LSU is definitely going to be another team this upcoming season, in my opinion, that they're going to cause a lot of havoc to the SEC. But like I said, this this SEC conference is the conference of college football. So anything is really bound to determined to happen. But this upcoming season for LSU is definitely going to be a really good one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and and like I said, it's it's like beating a dead horse at this point for us guys. But at LSU, it's just crazy because yeah. looking last year, I, I, I don't recall what I said about LSU or Brian Kelly on air last year. Um, hopefully it wasn't too ignorant. But – uh, I, I didn't have a whole lot of faith in, in what, what Coach Kelly could do down there. I just I didn't see I, I didn't see it from what, what he put together up at Notre Dame, but I, I I gained a lot of respect out of the guy because what we saw from LSU last year was a team that started off rough. And and I don't mean that they looked yeah. rough as far as talent, because the talent was obviously there. We saw that against Florida State, but then the fact that they weren't able to win at Florida, you know, whenever they played Florida State, and just the way that they lost, trying to go for that two points, which mad respect to any coach that does that, um, just not being able to to finish that game off, and then you see all of the drama that happened at LSU and the dumpster fire that it looked like was 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 a brewing, and the fact that that Brian Kelly got that entire program all. And like all buttoned up, uh, and and everybody started working as a team, and you saw how dangerous they were when they started doing that, uh, you know, and and you, you saw that a lot whenever they they went and they beat Alabama, uh, and you know just just how tough they were last year. Uh, it, it was it was incredible to see such a turnaround from a team when it started off the way it did, and in the first year, uh, it, it, this isn't a, this isn't a coach that came in and he was he's been coaching in the SEC or anything like that. This is a, this is a guy and Brian Kelly that this was his first year coaching in the SEC and he marches in there and upsets the top dog Alabama uh, and goes on to the SEC championship game, wins the West. I mean, so so Blake. I mean, looking at LSU last year, they I think they exceeded a lot of expectations. I know for a fact that they they exceeded my expectations. And Brian Kelly, uh, like I said, just mad respect for the dude after what he was able to put together last year. But uh, what are we looking at for LSU this year? Woo, boy, uh, Jaden Daniels looking for a big year. All right, I know uh, towards the end of last year things started to get right. Uh, with him, but I, I need to see—I uh, need to see him pushing the ball down the field a little bit more. Uh, I need to see him just putting it together as a quarterback, man. Like uh, we know he can use his legs. He led the team last year uh, in rushing, I believe. Uh, we know that he was under duress a little bit last year. I think this LSU offensive line was uh, next to last in the SEC in allowing sacks. So I, I do need to see Jaden Daniels have a step up. From last year, I need. I think he needs to improve because, like I said, LSU has the playmakers. We're not worried about that. I also want to see an LSU running back step up. We're so used and accustomed to seeing a big-time back down there in Baton Rouge. Uh, I need to see, with this offensive line returning, I believe, four out of their five starters, uh, I need to see LSU uh, have a big back step up. Now, we know LSU is going to be elite 
on defense. They're always going to be elite on defense. They're always going to just come up, hit you, be physical. They're always going to have nice D tackles, great linebacker play. Harold Perkins, if you don't know the name, you should. You need to get to know him. He's going to be an NFL star here shortly. Um, look, Brian Kelly. I was always high on Brian Kelly. I made a statement last year that I think, and I still stand on this, I think Brian Kelly wins a national championship at LSU. And I think it's going to come rather quickly, in my opinion. Because, um, look, Brian, Brian Kelly reached the peak at Notre Dame. All right? And I say that because if you watched him every time he took a Notre Dame team to the college football, what happened? They couldn't. They couldn't compete with the big boys. All right, they could. They couldn't. They couldn't stand in the trenches with Alabama. All right, and 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 I think he realized that. And I think he looked at. I think he looked himself in the mirror when that LSU job come open, and he said, "Brian, you've done all you can do for a university that doesn't want to do anything for you." All right, and that is Notre Dame. All right, because what do we all know about Notre Dame? They have recruiting restrictions, right? They're an academic yeah, school first. Yeah, you have They're to, an you academic have to reach extremely high <laughs> academic uh, uh, exactly. achievements be, to be able to get there. Yeah, that's a, that's a big part that I, I don't think I don't think Brian Kelly gets enough enough love for that. How well he recruited with all of those academic uh, requirements you know and they'll, they'll bend the rules a little bit for you but they're not they're not gonna let them bend too far yeah and and oh. you know it it goes to uh you remember the the Golston kid uh back in 2012 uh the quarterback he that he leads him to the national championship game and i i think that was his name uh but then he got kicked out of school for not going to class and he had to go down to florida state all right like they don't care. It's not like other schools, man. Look, down here in the South, all right, they'll bend it a little bit, okay? Like, like they, they care about winning football games and putting putting tails in the seats, okay? Um, and I think Brian looked at competing against the best, the Nick Sabans of the world, you know, like uh, the Kirby Smarts of the world. I, th I think Brian Kelly was like, hey, I can be one of those guys, so let me go get a Tyran Matthew on my roster. Let me go get a guy like that. Let me go to the deep south of the state of Louisiana in the bayous, in the dirty swamps, and let me get an absolute dog, all right? Let me get some dogs on my roster because right now up at Notre Dame, I got pretty boys that went to private school, and that's why you were getting stomped when you got up on the big show. So um, now, it, look, it all goes to like when I say Gonzaga and March Madness. Everybody's like, "Oh, Gonzaga, Gonzaga." Nah, dog. Like, sorry, you you recruit you recruit the private schools uh, that that the black tops ain't got the fences around them. All right, you need to spend more time at Rucker Park uh, and. Uh, and get you some dogs because when you get in that national championship game, uh, you see Gonzaga gets it taken to them, and uh, they can't compete. So I like Gonzaga in basketball, Notre Dame in football. Bang, perfect comparison right there uh, because it just don't come together for either one of them. So yeah, I think that's yeah. why Brian. 
I think that's why Brian left, and I, I think he realized that, man. And LSU's a football state, man. I know they just won the national championship in baseball, and they love baseball. But the state of Louisiana, you look at – go back and pull Nick Saban's rosters from his national championship teams and look at all the talent that he went in to the state of Louisiana and he got out of that state and he brought to the University of Alabama. Go look that up because uh, – they're they're a true football statement, and there's a ton of talent down there. Yeah, and and like you said, we don't really have a whole lot of questions on how good their defense is going to be. We know that their defense is going to be good, but the yes. fact that they they hit the transfer portal as hard as they did this past season for the defense, yes. uh, that that mm-hmm. stands out to me big time. Um, and and just looking over at LSU, like I said, I think we have high expectations for LSU and and what yes. they can do. Uh, and the guys over at Sports Scramble Podcast too, they they jumped on there big LSU guys uh, they said LSU has all the playmakers on offense the key is going to be Daniels being able to put it together uh, much yep. like what you said there Blake uh, just because it, it's on offense you know that they're going to have the talent but can they keep the talent you know and and, and get that talent to to really kind of form together uh, and we, we saw that with 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 uh, Daniels last year and and seeing what what he was able to do he was he showed his athleticism he showed how good he can be but can he be consistent? And I, I feel like I, I talk about consistency a lot, but consistency is, is so important, especially when it comes down to the quarterback position. Yeah. But, uh, boys, let's jump over to Georgia and talk about them. I think they're gonna they're always going to be a big talking point. Um, is Georgia good enough to get a three-peat, uh, Blake? Yeah, absolutely. Move on. Uh, yeah man like this roster is insane all right and they keep losing guys and losing guys and it's just uh, i i I honestly think they're you're starting to see a new alabama right like this is going to be the next alabama for 10 years uh, and it's going to be a struggle to keep them out of there and everybody's like oh well they lost stetson bennett the mailman look you got carson beck you saw him come in in the back half for that national championship game, and he can absolutely spin it. Um, you know, losing Stetson, you know, you lost. I feel like every time Georgia might have been in somewhat trouble, like Stetson stepped up and made a big play. But I think, like, talent-wise, arm-wise, I think Carson Beck is better, all right? He might not be better with his legs and, like, uh, evading the pocket like Stetson used to do and, and taking off and running for a big first down. But arm-wise, talent-wise, uh, Carson Beck can absolutely rip it, dudes. So um, I'm not worried about any position on the field for Georgia. I'm really not. They're going to be stout. You're going to have to play. You're going to have to play your A plus 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 game, and they're going to have to play their D game. Like uh, now, am I sitting here saying that they're going to, you know, like are they going to run the table undefeated and do it all again? I don't know, man. They could lose. There's some. There's some. Uh, games on their schedule that I know everybody's like, oh, they play a cupcake, but uh, you got South Carolina in there. You got a trip to Neyland Stadium in there. Like, come on now, that they could get they could get caught. All right, they could get caught. Look, I'm a huge Auburn fan. All right, and they got to come to Jordan Hare. All right, now is Georgia gonna beat us? Yes, but things can get tricky in Jordan Hare. All right. Things can get weird over there. And as big of a rivalry as that is, the Deep South's oldest rivalry now, and we know how much hatred is in that rivalry. So um, things can get tricky there. We saw it a couple years ago when Alabama had to make the trip to Jordan Air Stadium. Uh, so 
it's uh, they, they, everybody wants to point that this is a cupcake schedule, but uh, Georgia's got some. They got some possible hiccups on there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking looking at any schedule in the SEC, it may be a softer SEC schedule than other teams might have, but it's still not going to be easy running through the SEC. Um, but uh, you know, j- just looking at looking at it as, as a whole for for uh, uh, Georgia over there, uh, Jeremy. Do you think? Do you think this is the year that, that Georgia comes out and three peats? I I wouldn't be surprised if it was. The dogs are definitely going to be barking. They're going to be eating. Looking at their schedule, like week one you go against TN Martin, then like next week against Ball State, and then my biggest concern looking at their schedule, obviously, I know Blake would love to see the biggest upset of, of Auburn's career and knock off the dogs, but like <laughs> at the end of the season going against Tennessee, then Georgia Tech. I mean, like you guys said, there could be an easy hiccup, and then all of a sudden, you know, they see a loss in the game. But outside of that, Georgia still – they're the dogs for the reason. They don't give up. Literally, Georgia has always been a strong powerhouse team. They're always – they're always literally going to be running the table against you. You have to play the top your top-notch game week in, week out against – teams like this sec conference like i said before it's the best college in college football then you gotta literally step up to the table look at the guy you're lined up across and just know that you gotta give a hundred percent not even a hundred percent 115 percent each play just because you know if you don't do that one play you might get burned or you just might make a complete mockery out of yourself just overall for georgia there's so much talent and you you literally can't be you can't be stopped if you're if you're thinking that Georgia's just gonna have a crappy season. No, if you think they're gonna have a crappy season, you're gonna you've been living under a rock as I think they're gonna pull three Pete. Yeah, and, and the reason why, like what you said, Blake, with the, this being the next Alabama is because Kirby Smart basically took his two, you know, his his uh, uh his what he learned from from Nick Saban, he took all of that and created it into his own. And you look over at his recruiting class and what he's been doing. Uh, I, th- I think they're still ranked number one right now in the recruiting class for 2024. So looking at, at what he's been able to stack on stack on stack, uh, mm-hmm. that's that's mainly what makes Georgia so tough. And it seems like they're just going to keep on going this down this this path where they're <laughs> always going to be this good. And it, it's, it's not going away anytime soon, guys. But uh, no. kind of looking over at them too, like what you brought up uh, as well, Blake, with – with uh, Beck back at quarterback now, is it, it's scary thinking that, you know, as good as Stetson Bennett was, he didn't really show any kind of signs of, of true athleticism or any signs of being a good quarterback. It was just somehow this guy fits fits in the, in the program. Where Carson Beck shows all of those signs of being a good quarterback. And so it, it feels like they're getting an upgrade to a quarterback, but it's hard saying that out of a guy that yeah. helped them win two in a row. Uh, you know, yeah. it, it, it's, it's, it, it sounds absurd to say it, but I mean, it does people, feel. People have looked at me crazy when I say that. And, and they're just, they just like kind of take a step back and they look at me and they're like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, like Stetson was back to back national champions. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, he was. All right, but I'm telling you, this cat, like arm talent wise, all right, is better than Stetson. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it just it sounds is. crazy off the tongue. 
Yeah, it, it is. It, it sounds it sounds crazy because Stetson Bennett is a two-time national champion, and not just two-time. He's back to back, and so that's yeah, that's what makes <laughs> it so so crazy. <laughs> yeah, two times. Yeah, y'all watch. Uh, <laughs> y'all watch Doctor Disrespect. No, not very much. Yes. Oh man. Yes. Uh, okay. There we go, Jeremy. I, I know exactly what I knew. I knew what you were talking about, but I didn't. I didn't know what his name was or anything. But uh, that that just kind of shows how oh, how much of an old soul I am, not paying attention to some of the, the, the young young people <laughs> <stuff> like that. <laughs> but guys, let's jump over to Jimbo Fisher. Do you think after this season? Jumbo Fisher is going to be on the hot seat, or is it going to take a little while longer with the contract that he signed, Blake? <laughs> oh, Jimbo, man. Oh, Jimbo. Uh, I, I just want to know, what was Texas A&M doing with the contract? Like, what were we doing there? Like, why did you sign him to that contract? Um, man. I mean, do, can, can we make – a requirement to for all schools hey don't be stupid and get yourself in this situation and not sign a mm-hmm. single contract until your coach has won something yeah like that would be like that would be like auburn going out and winning like nine games this year going nine and three having a great year and auburn auburn going q <laughs> you're you're getting 80 million dollars all right like like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give you a, an extension after your first year, and I'm sitting here going, "What are you doing? Like, like, stop!" You know, it's just um, he had that 11 and one year with with Kellen Mond in the Mickey Mouse season, um, but man, it has been a struggle for Jimbo and the boys. And I'm sorry, I'm just against America's trend right now, thinking that they're back. Because I do not think they are back. I don't. I'm sorry. I'm going against the trend. And if I'm wrong, hey, grill me for it. But I think that they go seven and five. Like, I just don't think they're going to be good. I don't. Uh, and I know a bunch of people have predicted that they win nine, ten games and Jimbo, uh, the seat cools off a little bit, but I think it gets even hotter. Uh, I think they go seven and five. Look, defense is going to be good. Their defense is always good, but it's going to come down to, to what's his name, uh, Wegman or Wagman, Wegman at quarterback. Wagman. Yeah, whatever his name is. Uh, and, and he was so inconsistent last year. Like, we saw him throw for 400 yards against Ole Miss, and then he comes to Jordan Hare and – can't bust a window pane uh so it's uh it's up to him that now they do have elite receivers i will give them that (laughs) their receiving core is uh they got stewart smith uh, and they got another one that's slipping my name right now uh slipping my mind right now um but man and they lost uh and they lost a chain in the backfield Ugh. Whoo, man, hard for me to just look at them and say that they're going to bounce back like that. I mean, Bobby Petrino coming in to run the offense. Is Jimbo – I guess we can – I guess I can go with that. I can go with that. Is Jimbo going to give the play calling to Bobby Petrino and say, hey, man, this is your offense? But at SEC Media Days, we didn't see that. We saw him say, well, you know, he's going to call the offense. But, you know, that right there tells me that Jimbo still wants his hand in it. So yeah. – we, we got to see how that meshes together, but 
I just I don't know, man. I and and look, look, look. I'm I know I'm super SEC homer. I'm I'm like uh, it's my favorite conference in all of sports, like baseball, basketball, football. Doesn't matter, right? Um, and I always say that this conference is a six-team conference, right? And those six teams are Alabama, LSU, Auburn, and then in the East it's Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. Okay. And if you look back at history, if one of those six teams, like, they're going to win the SEC title. Just take a glance back at history. Um, One of those six teams is going to win it. So I always look at Texas A&M, and they like to talk a big game, but I'm like, hey, what have you done? All right? Like, yeah, you had your Johnny Manziel year, but you still lost two games that year. All right? And then you had him for an extra year, and you went eight and four. So – uh, you know, you had your Kellen Mond year in the in the Mickey Mouse season, and you went eleven and one, and you were wanting to go to the playoffs, but you got beat by fifty by Alabama. So, you know, I, I just what have you done, Texas A and M? That I guess that's my argument. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I totally agree. Um, Blake, look up real quick. See how hot is it down there in Alabama right now, or how hot is it supposed to get throughout the day? I looked it up. It looks like we're supposed to be in the mid nineties up here. Okay, we actually just had a. Uh, but never mind. Okay, the last two days haven't been that hot, yeah. but but today, all right, it is supposed to get to a hundred degrees by two p.m. Yeah, uh, pretty close here. Yeah, I mean that's uh, it, it was yeah. it was about the same, but you know whenever we get to we're in a heat advisory season, until Thursday. <laughs> yeah, whenever we get into tailgate season, you know if it's if it's still hot like this. I mean, we're, we're gonna we're gonna probably need some kind of cooler to make sure that our our drinks are staying nice and cold. Uh, we're gonna need maybe Definitely. some some kind of tumbler to be able to pour that drink into. And the way that you do that is by going over to Big Frig and finding yourself a great cooler that's gonna keep your drinks cold whenever you're tailgating. Jeremy's showing his little tumbler off right there. Uh, and amazing products, uh, really are. You can go over to bigfrig.com and check out everything that they have. That's B-I-G-F-R-I-G.com. And guess what? Just before listening to our podcast, we've partnered up with them, and they're willing to give our listeners a great deal by saving 20% off by using code RISING220. So that's R-I-S-I-N-G-T-O-2-0. And you can get yourself 20% off these amazing products that are already at a great deal. So it's already a great price but we're knocking an extra 20% off for you. So go check them out, bigfrig.com. Check out all of their their, their uh, coolers and their tumblers, all kinds of amazing stuff, guys. Uh, you can kind of see if you're watching on YouTube right now, you can see in that picture a little bit. Uh, you might have to zoom in, but you can see that they've got a little basket that sits inside there for you, a, a cutting board that also acts as a, a divider. Uh, just all kinds of thought and and, and uh ingenuity that went into building these coolers and designing them Um, amazing products very rigid very tough and like i said some of the best on the market for a really good price and we're willing to give you guys an extra deal with the code rising 220 excuse me r-i-s-i-n-g-t-o-2-0 for 20 percent off go check them out at bigfrig.com and make sure you're stocked up and have a great cooler and a tumbler for tailgating season coming up very soon we're gonna have to take ours around whenever we're doing our tailgates and stuff uh and and we're, we have so much in store hopefully we can get everything to to kind of go through the way that we're planning to to do it uh boys but let's get back into the sec let's talk about spencer rattler 
a dude that you know I, I i i loved spencer rattler when he first got got recruited he came over to oklahoma and he he looked like he was going to be a great quarterback but he was put into a bad situation at oklahoma uh, I, I truly feel like he had he has more talent than what showed that last season that he was there there at, at oklahoma and uh got sat and and caleb williams ended up taking over the show not only that but like it's it's hard to compete against a caleb williams let's be honest so, I mean, you, you can't really compare them side by side because Caleb Williams can just do so much. But Spencer Rattler, never, you know, outside of everything, Spencer Rattler is one of the talented, the, the most, one of the most talented quarterbacks when it comes to physical ability in college football. But what I think gets to Spencer Rattler and what I think got to him in the past was maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit of an ego problem, maybe a little bit of, of you know, not wanting to be one of the guys on the team and, you know, maybe putting yourself uh, in, in, in tough positions there. Uh, but I think just looking at his overall IQ on the field, I think that's where he lacks. Uh, and so I, I don't, I don't think that it's, it's a physical problem at all because the dude has shown what he can physically do. Um, but seeing Spencer Rattler, do you guys think that he's going to be able to improve enough this year uh, to, to maybe kind of help South South Carolina out and, and propel them to having a better season this year? Uh, and ultimately, you got to think with Spencer Rattler, this is this is his time to shine. He needs to to really have a big moment right now to be drafted. Uh, at, at all, uh, let alone being drafted high. And so I, I think every season it feels like there's a lot of talk about Spencer Rattler that this is the year he's gonna he's gonna bust out and have a great season. Do we think that that's this year, Blake? Yeah, I, I think he's gonna have a really good year. And all signs out of camp uh, have have mentioned him uh, playing like a dog so far. So uh, I, I hope Spencer has a has a has a damn good year. I really do. Like I'm, I'm not hating on the guy, and I know a lot of people do for his actions on QB one, the show on Netflix. Uh, they were just like how cocky he was. But look, that's that's a 17 year old kid in in that image, and uh, and I guess you can understand why he really was that cocky because he was the number one quarterback in America, right? And he got humbled at Oklahoma. And he had to transfer to South Carolina and pick things back up, right? So, you know, last year towards the end of the year, he was he was hooping, man. I mean, he was getting after it. And I, I'm really interested to see the OC change and how well he can uh, really comprehend the defenses uh, that he sees this year. Because I know he said that was a big that was a big difference uh, from Oklahoma to the SEC is. Uh, he said with Lincoln Riley, like Lincoln would just throw a number out there and that would be the play call. And you basically knew like what receiver you were throwing to. And he said, but then when he come to South Carolina, there was more motion in the offense and getting people lined up and protection set up. And he said he was just like scrambled because he was like, man, what is going on? You know? Uh, and then he said it towards the end of the year last year, he started figuring things out. So yeah, I, I really hope to see Spencer have a good year. I don't think they're going to be in in contention to win the East, but I think South Carolina could go eight and four, and I think that's a respectable year uh, for Beamer and 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 Rattler. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jeremy, what are your thoughts on Spencer and what he's had to go through to, to get to where he's at now? Do you think this is finally the year that he bounces back? 
I sincerely think so. Don't get me wrong. Spencer Rattler may have a really big ego, but he is still all around a great quarterback. Like I know his improved consistency is going to be a big thing for him in the upcoming year. Like looking at his offense, like it'll be primarily reflect like like I said, media fans and like the offensive production and everything like that. But um, like the big thing for him. Just, being smart, like seeing reads, reading it right, like distributing the ball to his playmakers, then like even executing like the offensive game plan effectively. Like I know his win-loss record, it's been a stressful season to say the least for Spencer Rattler with South Carolina. But like South Carolina's program, they'll include an improvement. I know with give time, obviously I know this being mainly his – his make-or-break year for Spencer Rowler and his pre-NFL push for getting into the league. But in my opinion, Spencer Rowler will still come out strong, and he's going to be fighting. And like you mentioned, Blake, that they've seen him in, in camp, and he's just been dogging, and he just keeps keeps being strong. And that's, that's just a big thing. And don't let the ego and what's in the past get back in your mind. Just It's a new future. It's a new season. Just keep dogging and just keep fighting and just keep being you. Yeah, yeah, I like that, and, and and like I said, I think uh, you 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 brought this up, Blake, is how a, a lot of that that ego, uh, you know, that that people saw was a seventeen year old kid, and that's something mm-hmm. I heard uh, Shane Beamer on. Uh, I don't remember if it was during media days or if it was on a podcast or something. And he was talking to somebody about uh, how you know a, a lot of people give him a hard time for those times back whenever he was still that young. Um, but j- just to realize how young he was back then, like this is a, this is a kid, this is a different dude now today. I mean, think back to whenever you guys were 18, and then now jumping forward, uh, you know, to to where where you're at now, yeah, and how much different you are, how much more mature you are, and I think you see that with Spencer. I think, and and I feel bad for Spencer having to go through what he went through at Oklahoma because I I was I was the first Oklahoma fan to jump in there. And, and kind of you know chew other Oklahoma fans out for for the way that they treated Spencer uh, and and really kind of shoving him out the door because me personally I was hopeful he would have stayed after you know Lincoln Riley left and all that you know everyone started transferring out I saw that Caleb Williams was was trying to leave so I th- you know I thought well maybe we can maybe we can keep Spencer around you know maybe this is the way that you know Spencer didn't get along with with Lincoln there towards the end maybe uh, and, and maybe we can keep him so. I, I think he was dealt a, a bad bad uh, hand of cards, and uh, seeing seeing how he was treated over there at Oklahoma was was pretty pretty terrible overall. Uh, so I hated seeing that form. But uh, jumping over to the one and the only Auburn Tigers, checking out what they've got coming for this season. We have got the number one Auburn Tiger talk show host on this podcast. So. Blake, this just became the Auburn show with Blake Lane. <laughs> Blake, you know the Auburn Tigers better than any of us, uh, and better than a lot of guys, uh, pretty much in, in, in any kind of uh, fashion. And, and looking into the Auburn Tigers, seeing what they've got, and seeing what the the energy feels like over there in Auburn, what can we kind of ex- expect from the Auburn Tigers? Uh, and is there maybe a little too much hype around Hugh Freeze uh, coming to Auburn because? Let's back up over to uh, to Nebraska. Uh, I'm just going to use them as an example because I think that's pretty recent for us to look at and seeing what Nebraska had. Of course, they had 
they had, uh, you know, the Bo Pelini years I thought were just fine. Uh, I don't really understand everything that went into getting rid of Bo Pelini. But yeah. looking over at what they what they had to go through and seeing, you know, you, you start off, they got Mike Riley, uh, a, a, terrible, a, a terrible hire from the get-go. So they hire Mike Riley. That's obviously not going to work out. But then they bring in Scott Frost, uh, and all of the hype was around Scott Frost. I feel like every season was like, okay, this is finally the season. And mm-hmm. there would be more hype that goes into, into the, 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 the team in that offseason looking at, well, this is the season. Are, are we seeing a similar kind of hype around Hugh Freeze, or is it different? Uh, and, and I want to kind of hear it from your, your perspective as, as the Auburn guy. Uh, the the reason I don't think I don't think uh, let me see how I can word this um, I don't think the hype uh, is too much Josh because I don't want to sound like a homer here anybody take it like that but Auburn is Auburn is on the verge of being a top ten program historically in college football like when they're winning uh, I mean you just look at the all time list. Uh, in college football, and, and Auburn is right there on the fringe of top ten. And Auburn fans have the expectation every year to compete for championships. And I think what happened with Gus, and it just got stale, right? And there was things that everybody were saying, like, you know, there was certain treatments happening in the locker room and all that, and, and it just – you you kept getting seven and five, eight and four, no matter how good his teams were, like – in 2017, man, Gus had his best team at, at Auburn, all right? And they won the West. They went to – they were a game away from the college football playoff, and he got blown out in the SEC championship game by Georgia. And he missed the uh, college football playoffs. And then he goes to a bowl game, goes to the Peach Bowl, and loses to UCF so they can claim a, a Mickey Mouse national championship. So, like, he always found a way to lose four games, man. And, you know, I think I think Coach Gus Malzahn for taking us to a national championship game, even though we lost it in the last 13 seconds, like, that was gut-wrenching. But, um, you know, things got stale. Now, where I think Auburn messed up is Auburn had Alan Green as their athletic director. And he made a horrible hire with Brian Harson. We all knew it was horrible. Uh, it was a joke. And, and the guy was from Boise, Idaho, man. Like, he knows nothing about Southeastern Conference football. Like, get real, you know. There was no relationships built in the South for Brian Harson. We knew he wasn't going to get along with a lot of people here. And the more and more you started hearing things, you were like, hey, this dude's fooled himself, right? Like, he's not going to uh, events around town. Like, like he's not going to – uh, you know, meetings and things that coaches are supposed to go to in the off season, and then we we find out he wasn't even recruiting. So, like, if you don't recruit in the Southeastern Conference, you're not going to win. And uh, we had to go through that for two years. But hiring Hugh Freeze, man, and and getting Cohen, <clears throat> our new athletic director, over from Mississippi State, that's a guy who has a vision in the Southeastern Conference. He has connections. He wants to win. So he went and hired a guy that he used to have to compete against in Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss. Now, I think where the hype comes in at is Hugh Freeze 
when when Hugh Freeze got to Ole Miss, Ole Miss was winning two games a year. I, I think that that two, 2012 year or something like that, whenever he got in there, uh, they were like two and ten, and they lost to Jacksonville State that year. All right, Hugh comes in the next season, they go seven and five. All right, so that was the quick turnaround. Bang! We all see the NFL talent that Hugh Freeze put at that level. All right. Um, and and the biggest one is the receiver position with DJ uh, DK Metcalf. All right, like everybody knows DK, even though he didn't coach him that long. Everybody knows DK. Uh, so you know the hype is real, also because he beat Alabama. All right, he he beat Alabama twice, and so everybody knows in the state of Alabama what that actually means to us. Uh, that game's life or death, man. That game, that game means the world to everybody in the state of Alabama because in this state, I saw a tweet the other day. A dude said, when did you become a college football fan? And all these people were listing off these plays of, you know, oh, it was Cordell Stewart and the Hail Mary uh, and, and uh, Vince Young running to the corner and all this stuff. And I was like, man, I become a college football fan at birth. Like, I become a college football fan, like, it, it, like when I was laying in the nursery, my dad was standing there in a, a 1991 uh, Auburn zip-up, uh, whatever brand, it, Russell brand jacket that they had back in the day, you know, like, um, and that's when I become a college football fan because that's what college football means to the state of Alabama. But like Hugh Freeze, man, you already see the job he's doing in recruiting. Like, I think – I think Auburn is second in the SEC right now in blue chip ratio in recruiting. So for the tw- uh, 2024 class, so that's insane, man. Like we're not we're, we haven't been used to that in some years. Even when Gus, like Gus, was bringing in some big names, but he lacked to recruit on the offensive line. And then Hugh attacked the transfer portal and brought in all of these cats, man, that really give us hope. And even with, like, naming Peyton Thorne as the starter this year, uh, I remember on our show, as soon as Peyton hit the transfer portal, I, I kept hearing people saying, like, Casey Thompson, Casey Thompson, Casey Thompson. And I was like, please, no. Like, like please do not let that happen. Like, I'm sorry. I just think I, – I just don't think the dude's good. Um, <clears throat> and I was like, please give me Peyton Thorne. So we get Peyton Thorne, and that that give us a real quarterback competition, man. So, like, there's excitement. We haven't had a quarterback competition in a minute. So there's excitement. There's competition in certain player position groups. And and he brought Cadillac Williams back. Like, that means a lot to us, man. So, yeah, I, I think the hype – I think the hype is real. I think Auburn is going to be competitive this year. I think they're going to beat somebody they shouldn't. Like, we're just – I'm tired of what I'm really tired of, Josh, is is fan bases like Mississippi State and Ole Miss and Arkansas and, you know, teams like that, like Kentucky, like making jabs at Auburn saying, hi, like y'all suck. Like, okay, we've played in two national championship games since 2010, all right, and we won one of them. Not many programs around the country can, can say that, all right? And what I say to those fans is Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss, and Kentucky, and all of that, you will die, all right, never getting to see your team play for a national championship in college football, all right? I've gotten to see mine play for for two, 
All right, they won one of them with the greatest player in college football history on that team. All right, you, so you guys had Johnny Manziel? Uh, no, 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 oh, no, no, no. You guys had Tim Tebow? No, no, oh, heavens, I'm, no. I'm at a loss. Then I'm not really heavens, sure who you're trying to talk. To. We we had the the goat Cameron Jarrell Newton. All right, um, and you know, so like. I'm just tired of those fan bases, like, taking jabs at us, man. Like, Auburn should never lose two games in a row to Mississippi State. Like, never. It should never happen. But these fan bases want to talk crap. But, like, you look at the historical records of those matchups, and Auburn leads them by a mile. So, yeah, I think Auburn can get back to that place with Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze has proved that he can win in this conference, especially at a place like Ole Miss that I just mentioned. They're a baseball school. They don't put all their funds into football. They're trying to with Lane Kiffin, but I hate to break it to you, he's going to leave you in a couple years. So uh, he's just trying to get the pretty boy image back uh, and not leave you like he did Tennessee. But it's coming. He's about to break your heart here pretty soon. So, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I'm all in on the hype on Hugh. It might not be this year, but down the road, Josh, Auburn will get back, brother. Like, we we will be okay. And you can tell by the atmosphere in that Texas A&M game last year with Cadillac Williams when Cole Kublick walked up to him and he said, man, he said, what are, what are we doing here? He said, what is this? What is this about for you? And he said, it's about, he said, it's about heart, fight, determination, and dogs, man. He said, dogs in this program, you know, like this is what this university as a whole is about. And, uh, and I think Cadillac saved the football program that night, man. Like, I really do. I've said that multiple times on Twitter. I think what Cadillac did that night was, uh, was bigger than some might think. And especially him being, the first African-American coach, uh, head coach to run out of the tunnel for Auburn University. I think that was big for him. I think that meant a lot to him. Um, and, and, look, I know it was an interim status, but I think Auburn never having a black coach, I think that could change in, in the coming years whenever Hugh Freeze, if this thing works out, whenever he hangs it up, I think you might see Cadillac go to a smaller job and try to get some co- head coaching experience and then him come back and possibly fulfill those coaching duties at Auburn University. Uh, and, and that's how much Cadillac means to us, man. Like he, uh, he touches us because like he was, he was a legend at Auburn University. Like, I can remember the 2003 Iron Bowl first play from scrimmage. Uh, Rod Br- Rod Bramblett, uh, you know, rest his soul, man. One of the greatest uh, play-by-play guys to ever do it. And uh, and you know, he said that he asked Cadillac. He said, "Man, what are you what are you about to do, Cadillac?" And Cadillac said, "I'm about to go crazy." And first play from scrimmage from the 20 yard line, Cadillac goes 80 yards against Alabama. And Rod says, "Go crazy, Cadillac, go crazy." Uh, so that's just how much he means to us, man. And uh, yeah, I just want Auburn football to get back to what it used to be. I'm am t- tired of seeing, uh, I'm tired of seeing all the losing, man, and not even going to a bowl game. And then when we do go to a bowl game, we lose to people like Northwestern, uh, who touches each other in the locker room. So, <laughs> hey, don't don't act like you never touched touched somebody in the locker room. No. No, we- we don't need to get down. Oh, man. Hey, I'm sorry. I had to throw that one in there. That Big Ten, they are some – hey, they are weird, brother. They, they are. Like, I, gotta, I, I, can't, I can't disagree with you. Uh, they're, they're going through some weird stuff, too, you know, just overall. 
but <laughs> let's not go down. Let's not go down the Northwestern <laughs> road again. I know how how hard it was for no. last time we were talking about them. But uh, no, I mean, look at looking at the the hype with with Auburn right now. It, the energy feels different. You you mentioned that, but then <clears throat> something that we we talked about with Arizona State was just looking at how new the entire team was. And with Arizona State, it looks like uh, what what they're what they're doing down there. Uh, it's uh, Dillingham, right? That went down there. Yeah. Um, yep. So so yep. you know, it just talking about how new they were. The same thing goes with with Auburn, really, and seeing how how hard Hugh Freeze hit the transfer portal, and and how hard he went on the recruiting trail, and just how much he brought into this team. Uh, I, I think that's the part that stands out to me the most is just that you don't you, you don't have the same team that you had last year. Uh, you know, there, yeah. there's not really any. There, there's a few small pieces. But you've got a lot of new key pieces that are locked into that team. I think that's a big part for Auburn, uh, and, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I'm, I'm excited for Auburn. I hope that they're, I hope that they're top notch, and I hope Oklahoma's top notch with them. So that way, whenever we we go to Jordan Hare next year, and uh, go mm-hmm. go check out that that game Oklahoma uh, and, and and Auburn, both of those teams yeah. are both at their best. Uh, that's that's the best best time to go watch your team. But, and hopefully it can be at night so you can get the full experience. That, that would definitely Jay. be ideal. Heck yeah. Um, but guys, I, I don't think there really is a dark horse in the SEC, mm-hmm. and I know I put that down on the show notes, but maybe who's a maybe we can call it a sleeper. Who's who's one of your sleeper teams for the SEC? Who do you think? Uh, and, and actually, I'll, I'll even pull up because I think I think Kevin even kind of had a comment earlier. Kevin Wilson threw in the – in the chat, which SEC team will surprise by finishing better than projected, and which will finish below their projected win total? Uh, and so, I guess we we kind of go that route, maybe rather than uh, than a dark horse, just because of, like I I think for a dark horse, maybe I would pick something like like Tennessee, but I don't I don't really put them in a dark horse category. It's hard for the for the SEC, um, but maybe we'll, maybe we'll go with what Kevin said there, Jeremy. Which SEC team do you think will surprise us with a better finish than they're projected? I have Arkansas, to be honest Arkansas. with you. All right. Like, I know, obviously, with their offense being led by KJ Jefferson, really one of the most underrated quarterbacks in college football. Like, I know, obviously, Arkansas, they've had their years, but I definitely think this is definitely going to be the year. Obviously, I know um, – Tyler Boyden should be passing. Um, why am I drawing a blank? Um, Tyron Bolden should easily be passing the attack. Then they should easily have over a thousand yards for for the last year. But looking into the, any any team this year, for my opinion of a sleeper or whatever we want to call it, I think Arkansas. I know, like I said, they're they're really underrated in my opinion. But Arkansas is definitely in my opinion, easily a sleeper team. I really don't have much to say about Arkansas, but that's who I kind of have a, a baseline judge of being a sleeper. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I like that pick a lot. Blake, you got somebody who's maybe a little bit of a sleeper that's going to kind of have a surprising finish in what they're projected? Um, Auburn. I'm not going to be a homer. Um, <laughs> that's who you want to go with. Even though, even though I have seen uh, dudes like Big Game Boomer say that Auburn's going three and nine and stuff like that, man, shut up. Um, 
I think Auburn's going three and zero the start of the year. I hope so, man. I think that that road trip out to Cal could be a little tricky, like just because we're going to be playing in Pac-12 after dark and two time zones behind and everything. I think that could get a little weird. Uh, but man, look, I'll, I'll ride. I'll <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I'll ride with Tennessee winning the SEC East. All right. I'll ride with yeah. Tennessee winning the SEC East. I think I think a lot of people have given Georgia uh, complete clamps on that, and uh, and I just don't I don't really uh, I don't know. I, I think Tennessee can get them. I think Tennessee can get them at Neyland this year. I really do. Um, and what did what did what did that comment say, Josh? I couldn't uh, read said, it. I, I like the Arkansas pick down there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah look, from, from Ray over at all twenty-two. Yeah, I like. Uh, I thought Jeremy did bring up a great point uh, with Arkansas. Even though, like, I don't think they're going to compete for like the SEC West. Um, I think yeah. they. I think. Man, I don't know. Like, uh, they're always eight and four. Man, like they're eight and four. And, like, they're just. What the last time they played in the SEC championship was what oh oh seven six. or oh six oh six oh seven whenever it was one of the time uh, they, yeah they had Darren yeah uh, it wasn't oh seven because LSU played yeah I can't remember um and I know they Man, had Darren McFadden uh in their backfield and so um I don't know man I like. I'm not big on KJ Jefferson. Like I just, I, I, I don't know. I'm just not there on him. Like I don't think he's that great. People want to hype him up and say like he's one of the top three quarterbacks in the SEC, and he might be this year just because quarterbacks a mystery in the conference this year. Um, but like their defense was absolutely awful last year. They were horrible. Uh, their secondary was buns, and. Um, I just don't know if it got that much better. And obviously when I look at Arkansas, are you going to beat LSU? Are you going to beat Alabama? I highly doubt it. Um, so, And like I told you a while ago, six-team conference. Always remember that, Josh. It might change with you guys in Texas coming in here next year. Uh, but six-team conference, check history. If one of those six teams doesn't win the conference, uh, it is very, very rare. Yeah, so. that's that's why I said. I mean, it's it's hard to really call a dark horse in the SEC because yeah. if it's if it's any of those, like you said, those those six teams, uh, you know, it's 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 a long shot for any of them. But uh, guys, yeah. I'm I'm gonna go a different route. I know we talked a little bit about South Carolina. Mm-hmm. That's the team I'm gonna pick for not a dark horse to to win or anything like that. But I think they're gonna do better than projected. Uh, and, yeah. and looking at South Carolina, because like I said, with Spencer Rattler, Definitely. I like the dude a lot. Uh, and like I said, I, I liked him when he was at Oklahoma. Uh, and I, I hated that he was put in the situation that he was in and that the fans treated him the way he did uh, or the way, that, the way that, that they treated him. But looking at him, I think I think this is the year after you're listening to, to Shane Beamer and, and what, what he has for this offseason, what, what he's gone through this offseason, what he's, what he's put together for the team. And everything that he's he's been working on, I think that this is the year that you see South Carolina bounce back from what they've been in the last few years. And I think this is 
going to be one of the, the best seasons that they, that they have. And I think they come out and win a couple of games that they shouldn't win. Uh, you know, you, you saw that last year uh, against Tennessee. I know you can probably blame that a little bit on Hendon Hooker getting hurt. But I, I think you, you still saw that, and you still <laughs> saw a lot of fight from them last year. Um, and like I said, I think I think this Definitely. is the year that Spencer Rattler pieces it together and and has a little bit of a bounce back season. Uh, so I, I'm going to say that they're going to they're going to do a little better than what they're projected. Uh, and and I'm, I'm kind of rooting for South Carolina over there and seeing what they can do. Um, but that's, that. that's the team I, I kind of like to see, kind of have a little bit of a of a, a redemption story here. Maybe you can squeeze out with nine wins. Uh, and I don't I don't think I can really see much more than that. I feel like. 10 would be their absolute ceiling, but uh, I feel like you can you can reach that, that that nine wins and feel good about your season too. And I don't think you can be too mad about that in the SEC of all conferences. Mm-hmm. But guys, that's pretty much all we have for today. I know we had a long episode today, but uh, it was fun. It was fun to be able to talk about the SEC and see what we got going in for that conference. Uh, like, like we said, I think this is going to be the conference that competes for the national championship. I think this is going to be the, the conference you're always going to see compete, uh, especially the way it's going now. So it's, it's not even, not even a, a, a hot take to even say that. But looking, looking through the SEC, it's going to be a lot of fun. Guys, next Saturday, we are going to be live again on Saturday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. So make sure to tune in with us. But next, year, next week's going to be a little bit different because college football will be here. We will have some college football Let's on go. the TV, ready to go. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're very excited for this college football season. A lot of big things in store, too. So make sure to keep on tuning in because it's maybe a little more boring watching us all sit in our offices and, and talk. But we're going to be trying to get out in the field a little bit uh, and, and getting a little bit more of a, a rowdy feel to it uh, on our tailgate tour and everything too so stay tuned for everything guys uh like i said tune in next week on saturday we want to see everybody back in the live chat and everything had a great turnout this morning and uh, we want to see you guys back again but thank you all so much for watching for listening if you're watching on youtube make sure to hit that subscribe button that helps us out like i said we're trying to reach that 5,000 mark so we want to see that number grow before next saturday so make sure to hit that you can also follow us on social media we're on facebook's uh x i guess not twitter um i, I keep on saying twitter but whatever that is over there i'm pretty sure you can still find it at twitter.com so uh go over there and follow yeah. us on all the social media instagram all that kind of all that fun stuff but you guys have been amazing if you're and and helping us out so much uh and also just a reminder if you're listening on apple podcast to give us a five-star review it's the best way to help us over on that platform but Everybody, thank you so much, and until next time.